This is Box Score, brought to you by Games Radar, and I'm your host, Richard Grisham. Madden NFL 13 has now been out in the wild for a few weeks and getting all sorts of reactions from around the country. Who better to bring on the show to talk about it than ESPN's Gus Ramsey, one of the best-known Madden fanatics there is. Gus joins us to talk all about Madden NFL 13, from his experiences in his online league, to playing with Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and a whole lot more. So kick back and enjoy Gus Ramsey and the Madden NFL 13 box score review session. All right, we are here with the great Gus Ramsey of ESPN fame, Bill Simmons uh, podcast fame, the BS Report fame, uh, with ESPN for 17 years now, uh, and a two-time now uh, guest on the Box Score show. So it is my pleasure to once again welcome my... uh, my, one of my uh, one of my favorite guys in the business, Mr. Gus Ramsey. Welcome. Thank you. I'm like it's like I'm between Marv on uh, Late Night with Letterman back in the day. <laughs> you need a guest? Call Marv. Here I am. You know, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you, albeit very briefly, um, <laughs> this uh, summer in New York City when you were producing the live cover reveal of Madden NFL 13, which of course we're here to talk about in depth in this review show. That was um, a crazy day. You know, I wanted to ask you that, like what, what was that experience? I mean, just from an outsider's perspective, when I got, to, I got to town that day and was watching from the ABC studios above, looking down into the middle of times square, watch them put the entire stage together, watch the, the entire crew go through sort of a rehearsal. Then the actual show happens and then it gets broken down and there's just people running around constantly. It looks crazy from my perspective, from your perspective, what was your experience that day? Yeah, it, it was crazy. You know, I, uh, I had only been on the show for about a month at that point. Um, it was the first remote I had, I had done with the show it was really kind of just playing catch up. Sports nation is really very different from pretty much every other show we do at at ESPN, so um, a lot of it was was just kind of figuring it out as we were going along, kind of a mode for me. Um, plus, when you're out on the, on the road like that, and there's a crowd involved, there's just there's so many things out of your control. You know, you plan all day, you rehearse all day, um, and then you hope it goes well. And for the most part, it did. Uh, but you know, Cam Newton was nowhere to be found five minutes before air. <laughs> You know, and we were the opening bit we did on that show uh, involved him throwing stuff yes. at a Michelle Beadle cutout, and we had made it look there was a hole in the cutout, so it looked like you know for like underneath her arm, I think a, a spot for Colin was throwing footballs, and Cam was going to throw random things like a like we had a cake or a pie and yep. and various things. And five minutes before the show, we're still not sure where he's at. Um, Calvin Johnson was there, but obviously he's not a quarterback, so we weren't looking for him to throw stuff. Um, and then when Cam showed up, we had him put on a – someone had a, a, a jersey, but it wasn't the league-authorized jersey. Oh, no. Well, it was I forget who's got the contract, Nike or Reebok, whatever it is. He had on the wrong one. So we're like, well, someone caught it, and we knew people would be mad if he went on wearing the – unauthorized jersey so we scrambled to get it off of them um and all that is while you're still trying to go on the air and 
Colin and Michelle, their, their earpieces, their IFBs, were uh, being interrupted by Broadway plays. Wow. That were, that were transmitting signals. So for 20 minutes leading up to the show, as we're trying to rehearse what we're going to do, they can't even hear us. <laughs> so we're talking to the producer on the stage, who's then walking them through what they're supposed to do. It was, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So as much as I enjoyed, you know, watching the newsroom this year, and I'm a big Sorkin fan, and half the stuff in there, you go like, oh, that would never happen. That's stupid. There are days where you're just like, yeah, everything that can possibly go wrong feels like it's going wrong. But in the end, you know, it was a bit of a bumpy ride, but it was a good show. Cam was phenomenal. I, I, part of me was wishing he was going to win because I wanted to see what, was he, what he was going to do. Right. He won. Calvin was excited and he was into it, but Cam was so great the entire show that you know, he, he would have potentially done something you know, really, really fun in reaction to winning. Um, you know, we had, the, we had the countdown set up to reveal on one of the big billboards right there in the middle of Times Square, you know, and, and we were going to draw everybody's attention up to that and, and say, all right, let's start the countdown, put the cameras up there, you'd see the 10 and the 9 and count all the way down to reveal the cover. Well, Colin kind of jumped the gun. And Colin's like, all right, let's start the countdown, 10, 9. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't ready for that. <laughs> you know. So by the time our cameras point up there, the thing's at 7. Michelle tried to restart. Right. Right. The one thing you wanted to get right was the countdown. And that got a little bit messed up. But, uh, you know, in the end, it was just kind of a wild and crazy day. I mean, anybody doing anything in the middle of Times Square, it's always going to be a little nuts. Uh, you know, and so when it was over, my, my brain was just kind of scrambled, and I got on the train to, to go back home, and about 15 minutes in the train ride, I went, oh, damn, I was supposed to go find Rich and say <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that was a wild day, and I actually was uh, was right there watching what happened, and that's the, the one thing I, not the one thing, because there were a lot of memorable moments, but one of the most memorable memorable moments was that countdown, and I actually recorded it on my iPad, um, and for the first five to seven seconds of the, as you mentioned, semi-disjointed countdown, I was pointing at Cam Newton and Calvin Johnson and everybody on the stage, and then I turned the camera around, and they did the reveal, like you said, on one of the massive video billboards right in the heart of Times Square. It was a really powerful moment. It was really impressive, even, like you say, with the glitches. Just one yeah. of those moments that when you're there in the middle of Times Square, when it happens, that's definitely something you you won't forget. Yeah, and there's a nice crowd there, and I think EA really, you know, they they spent a lot of money to help us get get the setup and and all that, and I think they were happy with it. And uh, you know, the, the guys who do the Madden strategy guide sent me a copy of, of the guide. Uh, Zach Farley and, and uh, Steve Gibbons Gibson, and uh, I'm I'm leafing through it, and there's about three pages of that day in there and those guys were there and they're now become like twitter friends of mine and i you know had i known that they were there i would have said hello to them for three seconds also right yeah yeah i know i remember i i actually saw you when we were upstairs and i said hey that that's gus ramsey walked up to you and said hey gus how are you? you were gracious you know even though you're trying to get someplace you shook my hand and then he said all right i'd love to stay in chat but i actually have to go find the two hosts of the show because i don't know where they are and then you took yeah. off that was fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that sums up today. <laughs> so, before we get into Madden NFL 13, yes, sir. I want to ask you now, looking back in the lens of the past year, 
How would you go back and rate Madden 12? Good question. Um, it's probably, it's, you know, it's hard. Madden 13 so much in my brain right now. That, sure. Uh, I don't want to compare it to that. So if, you, if we're pretending 13 didn't exist, it's probably like a 9 out of 10. Um, you know, the, the, I write it every year. Every year when I write my review, I say, well, just when you think they can't do anything more to improve it, they do. But, I mean, I just remember last year the game coming out and thinking, wow, visually it's great. Animations are, are really good. You know, when you play the game a little while, then you go, well, you know, that's still a bit of a problem. You, could, you couldn't ever run, run a curl pattern without the guy jumping through and, and knocking it down or picking it off. And, right. Um, you know, I personally liked Gus Johnson. Not everybody liked the Gus Johnson play-by-play part of it. Um, you know, I actually lost the, in my online franchise league. I, I lost in the AFC championship game more or less on, a, on one of those curl patterns where the defensive – back and the other team morphed through my guy yes and then picked the pass off and i even went back into the replays after the game and and took pictures and texted it to the guy who beat me i'm like look at this <laughs> you know the ball is two yards from my receiver your guy's three yards behind me and then one click later he's morphing through me and intercepting the pass um but overall i mean they've been remarkable year in year out finding ways to improve the game. So it was probably a nine. You know, it's interesting because as uh, you're in an online league, and when I call it fairly serious, meaning, you know, you play, what, one or two games a week, right, in your online league? Yeah, and that's not because of me. That's because other people, I mean, if I had it my way, we'd be playing probably one a day. There you go. Um, But, you know, we have six people in our league, which is probably about the right number. I think much more than that. um, you You better all be college kids. Otherwise, it just... And trying to get people's schedules lined up, you know, to play head-to-head games is tough. You know, one of the guys in our league is in California, um, so it, it takes a little while. But you know, if I yeah, if I had it my way, you know, we'd be we'd be playing a game a day. Well, believe it or not, I am in a 32-team online oh. league through the Fourth String um, website um, and the Fourth String community, and uh, it's actually I was actually got into the 32 team league in Madden NFL 11. So this will this coming up 13 will be the the third year that I've been in it, and it's a league that has literally people all over the world. There's probably 25 of them in North America, but in various time zones. But there's one in England, a couple in Australia. Um, it is literally an international global world, and there are times when you can't get the schedules. Um, and you have to have the game simmed or something, but we in advance. Madden, we advance usually once a week, and we wind up getting a lot more of the games in than not. Yeah, I was going to say in Madden Twelve, how many seasons did you guys get through? Well, see, the problem was we got through I think four seasons. Uh, it would have been more, but there were so many people that got disillusioned with Madden Twelve after playing it for the second and the third season because of what we all sort of know uh, as the leaping linebackers and what you're talking about, the, you know, the psychic defenders, it just got too frustrating. And some people, and I don't include myself in this group of people, some people can't get past problems that exist in the game. And it just got sort of too, too little fun for the guys. And we all just kind of, after a while collectively said, you know what, we're going to take a break for a few months and then wait for Madden 13. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, 
that was clearly a problem. Um, I'm just such an, an avid player that to me it was just like, well, what's the workaround? You right. know, the workaround is I'm going to stop calling curl patterns and I'll find other ways to do it. And so I, I'm, for the most part, not much of a cynic or a skeptic. You know, I walk into a movie theater, I leave my brain at the door, I just want you to entertain me. Very rarely do I ever go, well, that was awful, that stunk. Even like, the newsroom is a perfect example. As someone who works in, in the newsroom, right. you know, I tried to separate the reality from the entertainment part of it. And for the most part, it's, I still watch every episode just because I enjoy Sorkin and, and the writing, and, and I thought Sam Waterston was brilliant. And, you know, yes, there was a dozen things in an episode that would never happen in a newsroom, but it's not like, oh, God, I can never watch this show. Because, you know, I'm sure there are ER doctors who watch ER and thought, you know what, yes, they don't ever use a tire and iron to bring someone back to life, but the acting's still good, and I enjoy the show. So, um, you know, when it, came to, when it comes to Madden, if you want to get real nitpicky, you can sit there and go, this stinks, this stinks, this stinks. In the end, I go, it's a video game. It used to look like six little robots all <laughs> moving in unison and eight-yard fight blocking for each other, or ten-yard fight, you know, and now it almost looks like a real game. Yep. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm very much, even though I am, um, you know, paid to review the games, I... I don't review them from the perspective of somebody who is really looking a lot at the technical aspects of the game. I review them as, you know, and this is going to sound silly, but I review them as myself, and I genuinely love sports video games. I mean, I, when I, ever since I got my very first system, which was an Atari 2600, I wanted the sports games. I wanted the baseball. I wanted the football. Sure, combat, you know, was fun, and, and Pac-Man was fun, but... I would sit for hours and just play football. And then when the games got a little better, I just got even more into it. I remember on the Nintendo, you know, RBI Baseball and and Super Tecmo Bowl, and then on the Sega when Madden Football became its own thing. I mean, I missed generations of video games. Uh, you know, I never played Final Fantasy. I never played Zelda. I never played so many of the games that for most people my age who grew up with these systems, that's... Their touchstone of video games. My touchstone yeah. is Super Tecmo Bowl, RBI Baseball, um, you know, and those kinds of games. Well, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. Yeah. I think uh, other than probably Mario Brothers, you know, I think that was the one non-sports one that I would play ad nauseum. But, you know, when I was in college, we would have Nintendo golf tournaments. Guys would just go on, play 18 holes, and post their score. Yep. And... I'm still like that today. I mean, I, I have, I will still play a sports game on my Xbox 360 or PS3 uh, before anything else. And I've actually gotten to the point where I don't, there was a while before my son was born um, and I had a lot of disposable income uh, where I would buy a lot of non-sports games and play them. But I've now worked myself back to the point where I was when I was, uh, you know, a college kid and poor and can only buy two or three games a year. Now the only games I get are the sports games. And I genuinely pretty much love almost all of them. Of course, they all have their problems too, which with Madden sure. 13 we'll get into. Um, and the last question kind of before we get into your experience with Madden 13, do you read up, do you read previews about the game when they start to hit? Do you actively seek out information about the game from either EA or enthusiast websites or ESPN or, or do you 
just sort of when the game shows up on your door uh, at your doorstep, you put it in the PS3, and that's that's the way it goes. How do you how do you uh, sort of prepare for a new Madden, if at all? I I will look out for stuff. I always look for you know again this year being involved with the, the cover release. It was kind of all thrown into my lap anyway. Mm. Um, but with with Madden and with MLB the Show, um, I like to look um, for at first like the pictures of. I release some photos of some images from the game or whatever. Um, you read up about the changes. Um, I got some buddies who were big into the MLB the show, so you know between us, someone's always finding an article about ooh they added this, ooh they added that, and we we exchange that stuff back and forth. So I'm fairly well versed in the game before it comes out. So Madden NFL 13, you get it, you pop it in the PS3. Just give me your initial impressions right off right off the bat um well when i first i played the demo first um i think i played you had two options right you had the giants and the niners or the seahawks and the redskins i think were your options you got it i played a giants niners game first i want to say i was the giants um and just found it hard to move the ball at first obviously the niners defense is pretty good um and kind of getting used to what the total control passing was. And I watched the little video in there that explained what it did. And I was like, well, it sounds a lot like the, the you had the option to lead receivers a couple of years ago with your stick. So I didn't know how different that was and kind of learning how it is different. And you can throw a guy open a little bit now. Um, I was immediately bothered by the shading of the 49ers jerseys interesting uh, because you play when you play the one o'clock or maybe sometimes the four o'clock games when the, the sun is behind a team and you're moving towards the sun if this makes sense yep they, they went out of the way to like to make the front of their jerseys be shaded like they would be the problem is they're really dark so uh, like when in the saints and seahawks game or Redskins, Seahawks, it was the same problem. On a punt, when you're receiving the punt and you're trying to identify who's coming downfield towards you or on a long pass downfield, the jerseys were so dark that I couldn't tell which guy was mine and which guy was the opposing team. So that was a problem. Most of the time when I play, when I'm just playing online now, I'll set the the game start time for 8.30 just so sunlight's not an issue. Um, it's great that they added it and they tried to do new things. And if you play, you know, if you play like a four o'clock game in Denver, the shadows are on the field. Um, so it's realistic, but it's also problematic. So that was like my first, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> um, you know, they changed the kicking again, back away from pressing the buttons now to using <laughs> just like every year, they just go up, ah, let's do it this, this way. It's, I don't know why they just kind of seem to rotate it. The way it is now with the right stick down, right stick up, it makes it harder. Uh, it's harder to get 100%, you know, all the time. It's um, also very easy to accidentally jack it way to the right, for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, you really have to hope you've got a controller where the right stick is, is lock solid because if you've yep. got one that's a little bit wobbly, it's, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, on extra points, I don't have the problem, but certainly on yeah. the longer field goals, I've definitely botched more than my fair share of those. And then you just... Once you start playing the game, you can't help but notice the physics of it and how they they put that into the game this year and guys fall the way 
human bodies fall. And I, I remember I had a run and a back kind of, he dropped to his knees first and then got hit chest high and got, and, you know, fell over kind of backwards awkwardly as opposed to just keep continuing to go forward. And I thought, wow, that's really impressive. So all the time and effort they put in on that stuff, I thought that looked really good. So one of the first things that uh, I actually uh, tweeted you because you would you had mentioned you had the game a little early, um, and I got the game a little early too because I was reviewing it for Games Radar, and I said, "How do you like it?" And you said, "Pretty good," but it took me 15 minutes to find the franchise mode. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the it sounds like you were um, not quite prepared for the connected careers mode, although I could be wrong on that. It could just be the fact that the menus were pretty clunky, which is one of my complaints. Yeah, no, that was um, that was one of the things I didn't know. I didn't know that franchise mode was gone. So, you know, I'm popping around from thing to thing and, and looking for the word franchise and can't see it anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it really took me close to probably 15 minutes to actually find it and and while you since you brought it up i don't think we need to spend too much time on it but yes the navigation i don't enjoy um getting in and out of career mode is kind of difficult and even like one of the things you have to do in career mode is, is progress your players and if you go into like the wide receivers only and you progress your first wide receiver and you're done with him it takes you back to all for the listings for the rosters instead of just staying in the wide receivers that's right. right. Yeah, it loses the filter that you set on there. Right. So just, why can't I just pick up where I left off as opposed right. to kind of having to start all over? And even when you when you finish, like, say, practice mode in your career game, when you finish that, it takes you back to, like, the home part of your career mode instead of staying in the my actions where you're right. off start. You know, and again, I'm, that's where I want to be in the first place. You know, yes. so again, then you have to take two more steps to get back in there. So the, the general navigation is, is annoying. Yeah. The other problem I have with the navigation is that, and you mentioned it, you always start on the page where you can't do anything other than read the news and the Twitter. Right. Um, and then if you want to get to the page where you have to do something, you have to use the right stick to navigate over a couple of things, but nowhere on the screen does it tell you use the right stick. Um, yeah, I think that was part of my 15-minute process, <laughs> five minutes just figuring out that, oh, there's something at the top there that I have. I need to be moving across, and that the right stick is what I need to do to do it. And it reminds yeah. me kind of NCAA football, where in recruiting, and I don't know if you've ever played, if you have played this year's NCAA football in recruiting, there's this whole thing where there's four tabs. You can talk to the guy or you can invite him, you know, on campus for an official campus visit, or you can um, offer him a scholarship. And I went through almost an entire season where I just kept talking to the guy and talking to the guy and I couldn't understand what, you know, how do I offer him a scholarship or how do I invite him on campus? And then I realized that I needed to use my right stick to tab over to those other tabs. And by then it was far too late. So same kind of navigation problem in Madden, which Again, like for for people like me who are, you know, quote unquote, the professionals, you know, if we find it a little clunky, then I think it's clearly going to be a problem. And I remember I talking to my brother-in-law who 
um, picked up the game at launch and, you know, called me, he literally said, how do I get to be, you know, how do I do a franchise? And he actually started a player mode. He actually wanted to coach a team and he wound up being a single player and he was just struggling with how to get just to that basic. So clearly there's some major issues with navigation. Yeah. It's kind of like having a GPS that just says, Hey, you know, come up, you might want to turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can tell you where. I can tell you yep. how, but yep. go somewhere. <laughs> okay. So you've, we, we get past the navigation. And of course now, obviously now that we know what to do, it's, 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 there's clearly some annoyances there, but we're at least past that point. So on the field, once you dive in a little bit more, um, you know, how do you feel? I mean, the, the, one of the big changes, and you talked about it a little bit, is the inclusion of what's called the Infinity Engine, which is the physics, uh, which really is a, is a new way for players to interact with each other, tackling and blocking. Um, how do, what, what's your opinion on it? Uh, because it, it is just the game is literally dripping with it. It's everywhere. So how yeah, do you feel I mean, about I, it? I like it very much. Um, I think it just makes the game far more realistic. And you're running back. You can't just run into the back of your center and, you know, kind of not necessarily morph to him. I think that's been gone for a couple of years. But now he, like, he's like in the way. You have to move around him now, whereas before you kind of, the computer kind of let him bounce off on your own or on its own. Right. And, and, and your progress wasn't impeded. Um, it brings... Like the jump button matters now. Like if you recover a fumble in kind of a pile, and, and you're you're behind a couple of guys in terms of the direction that you're going to go once you scoop it up, you can't just run through them. If you run into them, you're going to trip and stumble and probably fall. So a couple of times I've had to scoop and then jump, you know, over those guys. Um, you'll see running backs start to go down, but keep their balance and, and keep a run alive, which you know I hadn't seen before. Um, like I said, the, the, you can't morph through a defender or through a receiver anymore as a defender, uh, which I haven't noticed like a, an increase in pass interference calls, but I wonder if that will be kind of a, a fallout from that. That is, that you'll start getting some more PI calls when because contact's being made. Um, so I, I like it very much. I, I said in my in my blog in my little review of it, there is a bit of a Rudy Fernandez highlight film about it. His guys are flopping all over the place at the end of plays. Yes. You know, it's like the one guy's starting to get up and someone stumbles <laughs> into him and a couple of them look like there's some kind of weird orgies going on. Yes. But, uh, but you know, 99% of the time, I think it's, it's made the game look better. Yeah, I, I really, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, <clears throat> the trade-off, if, if the trade-off is after a play, guys just are walking along and all of a sudden, whoa! They just fall down. But, you know, during from snap to whistle, what's happening on the field is better. I'm completely okay with it. Uh, you know, it's yeah, kind of the thing. One, and I, one guy I, broke out like a some kind of a breakdance routine the other day. He was kind of spinning <laughs> around on the field, and it was a little bizarre. But for the most part, it's a win. Yeah, and a couple other things that I think are directly related to just, uh, you know, improved AI as well as uh, the physics engine. Pylons... Pile pile on tackles actually happen legitimately in Madden this year, and I love that because they've never really been in the game. Yeah, they had the was it in 2010 game? There was they kind of touted that, and I forget if it was like a control where you would hit something to try and make make it a pile on tackle. 
So there was really just kind of like uh, three guys would take him down, and then three other guys after the whistle would kind of come in and dive on top. And, right. Yeah. Now, now what you get a lot of is maybe the first couple guys will hit a guy, but the D back doesn't go down. Right. And then two or three guys would come in and really lay the wood. And, and, and it's much more of a, a team effort to bring a guy down. Yeah, I just you know I, I've just noticed plenty of situations where there will be a guy you know a, a running back running and and he'll be in the process of getting tackled, but then somebody else will jump on the in progress tackle and actually influence the tackle, push them in the direction they're yep. flying in from, and things like that. Which I just I just love because you know. It, Again, that's part of the trade-off. If I get that, then you know some of the the Pratt falls are okay. And it's also part of it is they made the the walking the sideline catch a lot more realistic. Absolutely, another so one guys, of my guys dragging their feet, guys um, like going up and coming down with their back to the sideline, but landing their heels down and then falling backwards. Uh, the, the the swing pass out into the flat is no longer a balloon pass. There's a there's a bit of a lead to it, and the guy kind of catches it on the run now as opposed to catching it and running five rows deep into the stands. Um, so that's another nice benefit of that. Yeah, I definitely want to get a little bit more into the passing, but before we leave the physics, I want to mention that the point in time where I really just absolutely fell in love with the physics, and I knew that it was not just another back-of-the-box bullet point, but it was something really legitimate. Very early on in my reviews, um, or when I was playing it for the reviews, I picked to do a connected careers player with Walter Payton. And there was a play early on in like my second or third game um, where it was not a run to Payton. It was actually a called pass. So I took Payton and I sort of followed my arrow and went to the spot where I could you know, catch the pass. But before I even got there, the ball was thrown from the quarterback to the wide receiver along the left sideline and the receiver kind of got tangled up with a tackler and they were sort of struggling and fighting. So just for fun, like I wasn't even planning on doing this. I just ran uh, Peyton over in the direction of that receiver and Walter Peyton being Walter Peyton, he like took mm -hmm. off like a jet and I smashed into the two guys and I caused the tackler to go flying into the sideline and I actually freed up my receiver, who then sort of spun out of it and then went another 15 yards down the sideline before he got forced out of bounds. Wow. And it was the most organic play I had ever seen in Madden. And that one moment did it for me. From like that point on, I've been in love with the implementation of the physics engine in the game. Yeah, my... Uh... My two older boys keep saying that they want now when the guys run out of bounds that the guys on the sidelines move out of the way or get hit. So maybe that will be next year's game. Sideline people become more realistic. Yeah, that's one of those legacy issues that you mentioned. It's like it's just kind of every year the sort of thing where you're like, oh, yeah, they still got the sideline drones who don't really yeah. do anything. Number 69. <laughs> it's right there, yep. So, okay, you talk passing, and I think passing is another one of those uh, items that has been very strongly touted by EA as being significantly improved. And I believe them. I give them credit because my experience with the passing game has been significantly better. I mean, I could, I could barely I, – I would go – I would throw five or six interceptions a game sometimes in Madden 12. And 
this year, I certainly feel that the passing is dramatically improved. What's your impression of the overall passing game this season? Yeah, I mean, I'll give a couple examples. One I gave on Bill's podcast was where I had Demarius Thomas in the back of the end zone, and the defender was three to five yards in front of him, and in the old, you know, but in in between me and the receiver. So in the old days, that pass is an interception or, or not a down. Even if he hit that little lob button, it was almost impossible to drop that throw in. You know, now you can do that because of the 25 new trajectories they have. Yes. Um, I was playing the guy online the other day, and he had a bunch of – he was pressing my receivers and whatnot, and I had a one-back, three-receiver, one-tight-end formation, and I just I just ran um, – I ran fades on my two outside guys, and I and I uh, hot routed my my slot guy right down the middle of the field. While his two safeties went over to cover each sideline, and it was a one-on-one with my slot guy, and I threw, and I aimed it so that he basically had the hole between the hash marks wide open. So I hit the stick off to the left and up, and I led him into the middle, but he was on the right outside the right hash. Right. I let, it, I let him into the middle of the field because the defender was on the other side. And the pass went that way, and he went that way, and he caught it and went in for a touchdown. And it's like, yes, that's what throwing the guy open means. Last year, the ball would have gone straight down the field to wherever his route was supposed to take him, and it would have been a jump ball, and 90% of the time it would have been underthrown, and the DB would have jumped up and intercepted it. Yep. You know, like that, that was the most frustrating thing about the game last year is that a guy would get a step, and you would throw the ball, and it was it would be underthrown. Yes, and and the, and the DB would make an interception. Now you can actually lead guys down the field. Occasionally, you're still going to get those plays, and maybe it's you know, I would have to go back and look and see. Well, was I actually like standing in the pocket, or was I still moving around when I threw it? But for the most part, they that has kind of gone away, and and you can you can get those throws in there. I had a, a play tonight. I was playing a guy of mine, and. Ran a about a 15 yard down and and down and out, and the defensive guy was on my guy, but his back was to me. And I threw a bullet pass, and he didn't have time to take control of the defender, and he didn't get the magic hands up in the air. And when I threw it, I was like, "Oh no!" But then, no, I didn't see it coming, so my guy caught the ball and moved it down the field. You know, I, st- last year. I still throw a lot of interceptions, but when I throw them, it's because I'm a lot more bold. Because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I can, I can make this play. I can lead him to the spot, and I can put the ball in that small window. And sometimes I still can, but sometimes it's is still an interception. But it it's feels almost all the time like when I throw a pick, it's my fault. It it was just a, a bad decision or bad execution by me, as opposed to like you said last year it was. The guy's got two steps. I'm throwing the ball at the right time. There's no way it should be an interception. It would still get picked off by either a leaping linebacker or a psychic defender. Yeah, I, I had that exact same thought like three or four days ago when I was playing. I thought, yeah, you know, if I throw a pick, it's because I made a stupid decision. But I also feel now like I can attempt throws that I would not have attempted last year. I mean, I, I was playing a guy last night and. Uh, tight end was running about an eight yard out and the D, the linebacker was on him. They were running stride for stride and I just let him and got it about six inches out in front of the defender's fingertips and got the pass in there and 
and turns it upfield. And it was one of those last year I wouldn't even consider to make that throw because he was quote unquote covered. But the flip side of that, as you said, is now you'll you know try throws every once in a while <laughs> that was like, you know, what was he thinking throwing that pass? Right. So do you find yourself passing a little bit more, a lot more than you have uh, last year, or do you still find yourself being the same sort of general mix of run and passive as you have in the past? Well, the kind of answer to that question is I think they've done a great job of making it a more passer-friendly game, which it's a passing league now, so that makes sense. Yes. If you have weapons... I think it behooves you to try and pass the ball in this game. At the very least, you'll feel rewarded when you do things well. Um, but that said, the the, the Madden uh, guide guys made a 15-minute video on, on YouTube and sent it to me of what they think the best plays to run out of the Broncos' offense is. Okay. So I've been executing that ad nauseum. Their, their whole point is, and I think it's a good one, is find a running play and a passing formation that you're comfortable with, set your audibles out of each of those formations, and then run those plays into the ground and get used to running those plays, and then you can, you can grow your offense, so to speak, and get more comfortable with, with other stuff. But just here's your run, here's your pass, here's your audibles, Try to read the defense, which a game I think really emphasizes now for offensive players. You really have to understand what the defense is doing, but not just run a play because it looks good and you think it might work. You have to run plays that you know will work, and if it's not going to work, what's what's the adjustment that you're going to make based on the defense that you see? So for for the Broncos offense, it's the run is a power eye. It's two tight ends, two backs with one receiver. Um, I sub out. Uh, Gronkowski at fullback with Dreesen, the tight end, because he's actually a bit of a better blocker and, and, a, and a pass catcher. Although his awareness is a little shaky at times. Sometimes he runs right by a guy to go block somebody else. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll put he and Gronkowski kind of flipping it out of there. You know, but then I have, if I, if I call a run to the right and it doesn't look like it's going to work, I'll bolt to my run to the left and, and vice versa. And I've added... Every once in a while, out of that formation, I'll call. There's a play-action pass, and there's a, a crossing pattern for Thomas. But I'll call out of the gate, and then if I think the run is a better audible to one of my runs. And then I more or less have one passing formation, and I have, I have three audibles that I use out of that. So I, I'm stunned with the success that I'm having running the ball. So to answer your question, I'm probably still pretty balanced, but in large part because out of that power run formation, I have a lot of success. So and, I, and one of the things that they preach in their guide is you have to run the ball and, and it can be done. So let me, I want to make sure I understand this. Did those guys make a specific custom Madden Broncos guide for you, Gus Ramsey, or did they make one well, for the Broncos? No, well, well they make, the, the guide is, is their book. Their no, book. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, but no, they made a 15-minute video specifically for me. That is awesome. And they're like, hey, Gus, how are you? Here's what we think you should do with the Broncos. I'm like, thanks, guys. So I, I make sure to give uh, their guide and their website, maddentips.com, a big shout-out. And I will say, if you go to their website, they, they do all kinds of customized 
videos for teams' offenses and plays to run. So while they did it for me, a lot of it is very much at the fingertips of anybody who wants to go see it for their teams too. So, but yeah, so it was very helpful. And for the most part, I mean, I, I'm not a superstar. I'm never going to walk into a tournament and, and win any money or anything. And as I joke with Simmons all the time, is that, you know, in some ways Madden isn't a game for older guys now whose hands move a little slower. There's so many things you have to do. Yes. You know, two years ago, when like they first kind of started making audibleing not only plays but people, yes. I had no chance. Yes. But now, you know, I'll come to the line. I can move my offensive guys around. We can talk about this in a minute. But like one of the big things I think is audibleing your defenders into places. You know, I, I couldn't have done that two years ago, but now right. I understand it. And but there are certainly guys whose fingers move a lot faster than mine and and do it better than me. But when I go online and I, and I play people, you know, I'm, I win probably 70% of the time. Um, and this year, very rarely am I overmatched. I did play some guy the other night who was the Texans, and he throttled me 34-6. to six. Every pass play I called, he was – I don't know, it was maybe the Texans' defense was just so good. My guys couldn't get off the line. Nobody was open. It was, it was just an embarrassment. But for the most part, I'm a better player now than I've ever been in large part because these guys help me understand the way you got to go about it. You know, it's amazing. And there's like 10 different directions I can take this. So I hope over the course of the rest of the show, I, I get to everything, but you just brought up something that's interesting. I remember, and I think it was two years ago, although it could have been last year, but you were pretty much done with Madden. You were, <laughs> you, you were done because your experience was you would go online and you would either get destroyed which is not fun. I mean, it, occasionally you're gonna you're gonna lose big, right? It just happens. But yeah. generally speaking, you would go online and either get crushed, or if you were actually playing a good game and were beating somebody, those people would quit. That was part of it. The other part of it was just my hands hurt all the time, right? And I couldn't really play for more than an hour without just having agonizing pain in my fingertips, and and like the next day at work, and again, I work on a computer all day long too. Right, so right. I'm sure, I don't know if it was actually carpal tunnel, but I'm sure there was some kind of repetitive stress, something mm -hmm. or other going on. Uh, so that was part of it too. And just the fact that, you know, I'm, I like to play with the Broncos. They're my team. So I'm yeah. not going to go online and go, Oh wow. You know, the 49ers are great. I'm going to play with them to make sure that I win. I want to play with my guys. Unfortunately, my guys, the quarterbacks were Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow makes it kind of hard yeah. <laughs> to win games when passes are, bouncing around the field. So um, I, I thought that I was probably just going to play in my online league, um, but I probably wasn't going to do like my own franchise mode, and I certainly wasn't just going to go on randomly and start playing people online like I had in the past. So right. I, I probably would have kept my league going this year, but that would have been about the extent of it. But, but what's, then what's interesting Broncos is... Brock Peyton Manning, and that kind of changed it. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that helps. But it's like this, this amazing... Like, I have to imagine there was a time when, and believe me, I have been there, especially because one, in one of the seasons in my fourth string online league, I went 0-16. So there was a time where you were pretty close to being like, you know what, I am done. Because of your experience online, your hands hurt, and it's not fun to lose, and then when you do get a chance to win, people quit. But over the course of a couple of years, a couple of things happened. Number one... You founded a community and you found a group of like-minded gamers who actually were, generally speaking, the same skill level with you and who play the game the right way. B, your team got better. Yep. And C, the game 
has continued to get better. Like, it's pretty interesting how we've gotten to the point where now it sounds like, you know, well, you already said it, right? You'd play a game a night if you could. Whereas it wasn't that long ago that you were not even close to feeling that way about the game and about just playing online football in general. No, and uh, a couple of, there's this one guy who heard my Simmons podcast and, and rant about playing the right way two years ago and asked me to be in his online league. His name is Chris Bro from Rhode Island, and I joined his league, and um, they had already drafted, and uh, so they let me be the Broncos, but it was, you know, for starters, it was a fantasy draft, so, so the roster was whatever the roster was, um, and I, I inherited it. It wasn't my team. Right. And I went in, and I was, I would, I lost to Chris all the time. I lost to the other guys in the league fairly regularly. So in, in 2000, I think 2011 was probably the, our first, the first game that I got in on their league. I want to say, um, I think I won one Super Bowl, but, wow. more, often, but nice. more, often, more often than not was on the, on the losing side. Well, the 2012 version came out. I got to draft my team. I, a couple things happened. One is I learned that Chris Johnson's great, <laughs> but you don't win playing people for the most part with running. For the most part, especially when you play in a league and you're going to play people over and over again, good players will stop the run more often than not. So I said it's probably more important to have an accurate passer than it is to have a guy with 99 speed who might break a long run every once in a while. So I made my first pick, Aaron Rodgers. And then probably in the fourth or fifth round, I said, Von Miller's got like 90 speed or whatever it is for a linebacker. I'm taking him. And uh, I found a play in, in a nickel defense that's a blitz that can free up Von Miller more often than not coming off the edge if you change his position out from linebacker to kind of like defensive end. Hmm. And he averaged probably about 45 sacks a year. Whoa. And in our last season, he had 60. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and in this Last season we did. I think we got through eight seasons, and I think I won five Super Bowls. Oh my four, goodness! Four or five. Wow, and, that's amazing. In part, in large part, because of Von Miller, um, and I just, and I also just learned you got you have to have one safety and one linebacker with hit power through the roof, and you can just cause all kinds of fumbles. And I was recovering dozens of dozens of fumbles a season, and, but I put that team together, and I and I was able to draft through that. So I, I enjoyed that a lot more. I started beating Chris more often. Um, you know, like I said, I won the Super Bowls. It's, it's fun. It's, our league is tricky because with only six guys, everybody plays in the AFC. Right. So um, the AFC championship game is really kind of the Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. You have to play, you have to play the, the computer in the Super Bowl. So for the 2012, here we go. For head-to-heads, I went 29 and seven against humans, and wow. nine and nine and two in the playoffs, which was a quantum leap from where I was the year before. So that's part of my unretirement is I started to figure out how to beat these guys who were kicking my butts all the time. <laughs> the nice thing is they're a great group of guys, and it's kind of it's exactly what I was hoping for when I was talking about 
you know, finding guys to play the right way. And it's fun to put on the headsets and talk to these guys. And Chris and I now get together once a year and meet for golf. And, you know, Madden more or less brought us together, and and that's fun. Um, But my my understanding of the game and not just being like, okay, it's football. On third down, you pass. On first down, you run. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past, how playing these games helps you learn the sport. Well, in the last couple of years, I've probably had a better understanding for football than I ever had before and it made me a better player. But the community, to your point, was probably will go down as the best thing they've ever done for the game in my book, and that people can get together, go in there, and just play people who you want to play against and not have a frustrating experience. They can still improve it. I guess I've been told now on Xbox they have this, but they don't on PlayStation. Like when you go and you can see a friend or someone in their community, you can see where they are in your game. Yes. I'm, I'm constantly either sending game invites or being asked to join the game. It's like, oh, sorry, just started. You know, yep. three minutes, three minutes into the game. Whereas, if, like on MLB the Show on PlayStation, you can see that. <clears throat> oh, he's in the third inning. I'm gonna leave him alone. Right. Oh, he's in the ninth inning. I'll send him an invite and let him know. Hey, I'll, I'll wait for you. So they definitely need to add that for PlayStation. Um, and presently, unless I just don't know what I'm doing, there's a lobby for if you want to do like the, the the tandem game, but there isn't a lobby just to go in and go, hey, who wants to play? You can hit the play now button like you do when you generally go online, right? But in a community, that doesn't really work. Okay. No one's going in there and just hitting it and watching the thing spin around, waiting to be told. No one else is searching for a game like they do when you're just playing regular online. So they need to find a way just to have a, a lobby for, hey, let's play one-on-one now. Now, you can go into the tandem play lobby and go, hey, want to play? Okay, sure. Then have to leave that lobby and then go whatever. Um, but for the most part, the, the community experience is great. I think through my Twitter feed, last time I checked, there's, I've got about 60 to 70 guys in my community um, I got a guy to, to start up an Xbox community on, and, and have directed people to him, um, and it's just great. You go in there and you and you get a game, and you don't have to worry about dealing with some of the junk when you just play random people. Yep, and and again, like just to to kind of put a bow on this point, finding the right community is a, a it's a game changer. No pun intended. You will immediately have a lot more fun playing the game when you play with the guys who are like-minded who enjoy playing the game the right way and who won't quit if they're down by a couple of touchdowns and uh you know who just generally will uh will have an enjoyable experience and and unlike a lot of other games when you get the right community with a sports game it it just completely alters your perspective of actually playing the game too because the game itself you get a lot more specific enjoyment out of it um in in addition to the overall experience of being part of the community absolutely and I, I think in some ways i created a little advantage for myself in that like when i play guys and if i'm ahead by a touchdown or whatever mid third quarter and they have fourth and four like on the 50 they don't go for it because they're like oh you might get mad if <laughs> i get kicked out here so i get kicked out of the community <laughs> there's a couple times where like in the back of my mind i'm like all right i'm not going to tell you if you go for it here but then i see the punt flash up and i'm like all right they, they're feeling the pressure so i gotta ask you von miller was actually at the madden cover event did you go up to him and thank him for helping you win so many super bowls i didn't know that he was there uh i just knew that we had the our, our two guys had i known that certainly certainly would have sought him out <laughs> at the time i hadn't quite unleashed his fury yet but 
Um, <laughs> he must have had, I think he, he probably had five or six, seven or eight sack games, you know, and then they put up the, the little font that he's tied Derek Thomas's single game record or whatever. Right. That's um, great. It's fun. And, and there's, there's, an, there's a, a zone coverage play off of it where the, the gist of it is there's four down linemen and two linebackers who kind of hide right behind the nose tackle. And they do a little twist coming in. And so basically you're rushing, rushing six on five. I will take my, uh, one of my defensive tackles and rush him towards the, uh, the offensive tackle. And he commits to, to me. The guards commit to the linebackers are coming in, and basically no one's left to block either Doomerville or Miller coming off the edge. And, Doomer, and, and Miller's so fast that the quarterback really has maybe two seconds, probably less, to find the receiver to throw to. But there's a zone coverage, similar look play, where the two linebackers basically drop straight back. And guys will, after they've seen me do it a couple of times, will start to kind of try to hit their tight end on a quick little slant over the middle. So if I guess right and I go to the zone coverage, those linebackers drop back and it's an easy pick. They throw it right to the linebackers. Hmm. The great little defenses. I forget. It's a... it's in the nickel coverage. Oh, it's uh, you know, it's called the sugar blitz. Okay, right, right. So, so, so go in there and and have some fun. If you get a, a speedy linebacker, sub him in for your defensive end, unless you've got you know Julius Peppers or somebody. Well, I and, typically play with the Eagles, so that is not something that I have. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you have to try to find a linebacker and right. put him down there and, and try that play. When it it works best when the offense calls a three receiver, one running back one tight end formation because more often than not that tight end is going out in a, in a pattern and if you see the running back is on the opposite side of your, of your quarterback you're in great shape now Man. I will say I will say so far in this year's game I'm not having as much success with it because they've made it where the running backs tend to chip block more before they go out on pass patterns if there's a guy coming in free I was just about to ask you that. Are you having the same success with that this season as you did last? I've I've kind of had to make a a little adjustment. They've added the wide nine defensive scheme into the game this year. Yes, yes. Which, by the way, uh, I'm not a fan of, but that's only because it managed to absolutely sabotage the Eagles' season last year. Yeah, but uh, I found that if I use that play out of wide nine, it works a little bit better just because – Miller's starting further away from the line of scrimmage. So let's get into something that I know is controversial. Yes. Which is the... The naked cheerleaders at halftime of the games, no? (laughs) Actually, that's... Frankly, I rather enjoy that, but... uh, 2014. (laughs) The... When you started your league this year... Yeah. You discovered something that you were a little bit unhappy with. Uh, why don't you tell us a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah, and apparently I, like, I was not nearly as outraged as most of America. I mean, I was bummed, but people are <laughs> flat out pissed. Yeah, um, there's a, definitely a difference. And again, that's why I think you and me are a little bit, something that might bum us out for a few yeah. minutes caused, yes, exactly oh, what yeah, you said, people internet returned, People outraged. returned their games. People yes. sold their games to friends, whatever. People yeah. refused to buy the games when they heard. So franchise, besides the fact that franchise is gone, there's, in career connected motors, you can't do the fantasy draft um, to to replicate the the franchise last year. So if 
you wanted to do franchise mode, like the closest variation of that is to be a coach in the connected career mode. And then you still run the team the way you would have run it in franchise mode. If you choose to be a player, then like road to the show in MLB, the show, the only thing you are involved in are the plays that involve you. So if right. you're a receiver, you're not in on any defensive plays. Right. But as a coach, you're involved in everything, and the game plays exactly like we all know it plays. But there's no fantasy draft of any way to start, your, to start a career. So when you, if you play an online franchise league, I, and I guess apparently a lot of people just do fantasy drafts in their own franchise modes offline, which I never did. You know, I just, all right, I'm the Broncos, here we go. Right, but, right. Uh, apparently a lot of people would do the fantasy draft and then start a franchise mode that way. And that's gone, and people are, are livid about that. People want to know if, it can, if there'll be a patch to fix it or whatever. Uh, everything that I, I, I don't – you probably know better than I. That doesn't sound like a patch fix to me. That's, Agreed. That's a, oops, sorry. We'll try to put it back in there next year. I've read in a couple places that they basically ran out of time, and they weren't – you know, when trying to decide what we're going to put in this game and what's not, that was a sacrifice they made. Well, so the repercussion of that is if you do an, on, an online league, how do you do it? Well, for the league that I've talked about on this show already, we all decided that, all right, we're going to – you have to draft a team. So we picked NFC because it's a deeper conference, and we eliminated – we said no one can be the Packers, the Giants, or the 49ers because okay. they're the highest rated of the teams. But with six of us, there's still plenty of other teams whose overall ratings were like in the 75 to 85 range. So we did a random draft order to determine who we get the picks. And then we said once, once two teams were selected in the division, the division was closed. And once three divisions had been represented, the other division was off the board. So that way we're guaranteeing two guys per division. Okay. So the first pick, the guy took the Panthers. The second pick was the Lions. Okay. The third pick was the Saints. So the NFC South was off the board. The Falcons went undrafted. Okay. The, four, the fourth pick was the, did I say the Saints yet? Yep. Uh, oh, okay. So Saints and yes, yeah, so the South was closed. Then the then the oh Chris took the Eagles, so that eliminated the the NFC West. The NFC West was off the board. Not that anybody really wanted Seattle or Arizona's. Anyway, um, then I took. I, so basically, for me, it came down to the Cowboys or the Bears. Oh boy! Now, um, as a Bron- as a Broncos fan, the idea of Cutler and and Marshall reunited was kind of intriguing and Julius Peppers and and Urlacher and Hester returning kicks. Uh, but I, I ran some practice games with the Bears and Brandon Marshall just dropped a bunch of passes. It was a little discouraging. Oh no, um, I don't like where this is going at all. So I ended up being the Cowboys. Oh no. So <laughs> DeMarcus Ware is going to be my Von Miller now. Okay. Um, they've got, you know, like Ogletree, he had a big game in the in the op- real season opener against the Giants. Yep. He's, a, he's a nice third option in their offense. But, you know, I'm going to have Des Bryant forever. 
Um, obviously, at some point, Tony Roma is going to have to be replaced. Um, Ware's 30, so we might see some decline in him. But two good running backs. Uh, so I, I make Felix Jones is my starter just because he's he's faster. But so he's in my power run formation, and I and I put in Murray in my passing formation, and occasionally I'll swap them out, swap them out depending on if they're getting tired or not. Um, but it's a pretty good roster of talent, and I just thought you know going forward I can probably this team is probably a little more built to win right now than the Bears are. Um, so and then the last guy took. Uh, he didn't take the Bears. Who did he take? Probably the Vikings. Adrian Peterson, maybe. No, he took the took the. Shoot, I forget. But I'm not considering spending all your time with me talking out loud trying to think who it was. Um, so, all right. So we're all excited. We're going to start our season, and then, lo and behold, <laughs> you have to do the preseason games. That's right. Which in franchise mode you never did. You just you just started the season, so everybody got their everybody else in the league got their game on Tuesday, and I railed and I they all wanted to start Tuesday night. I said, well, I really think you guys are going to want to spend at least a couple days, yeah, getting a feel for the game. It's, it's really different this year. There's lots of stuff. But I just think you're going to want to. And then when we say, oh, right, well, there's no franchise league. Well, now <laughs> we need a couple of days for everybody to play with the teams who they might end up drafting. So you're right, familiar with that. It's like, all right, so we finally, all right, it's Thursday. By Thursday, everybody's got to pick their team. So we all picked our teams. We're like, all right, let's go. Wait, what? We have to, we have to do what? We have to do, we have to, we have to do cuts? Yes. <laughs> so so yes. all the stuff that was in the superstar mode and, and to some extent the franchise mode, you have to make the roster cuts. There's a practice mode, which is cool. It's, yes. It's similar to the... Madden moments where it's like, oh, you're down by 14 with three minutes to go. Can you bring your team back? And if you do, you get points, and those points can be used towards improving your players or, or scouting players. It's cool, but when you're trying to just you want to get your season up and going, it's, it's really a hindrance more than anything else. I will but say then, this, though, just to, to interrupt real quick. Yep. As you will probably find that when you get into season two, three, four, five, you know, as your team changes – the ability to go into practice and actually practice with your team as it is, you're going to really like that. Plus, the other thing, I, you probably know this, but I'm not sure if you do. When you're in practice, you're going up against the offensive playbook or the defensive play. You're going against the playbook of the team that you've got coming up next in the schedule. So it's a really valuable tool. Oh, I did not know that. That's very cool. I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of the practice mode. Um, the only problem is you kind of have to remind yourself. It's like when you sit down to play a game, you might be sitting down to play too, because yes. if you're like me, you're like, oh, I want the thousand points, so yeah. I'm going oh, yeah. to do the four quarters practice right. mode where I can get the most points. Um, but then, if you but, don't win, you don't get any of those yeah, points. Yeah, you, you get bubkiss. But so we're all fired up and ready to go, and then you got to go through that. <laughs> you got to go through your preseason. You got to make more cuts. So again, for the those familiar with franchise mode play. This is a major bummer. So we all agreed after we played our first preseason game that we all we just were going to simulate the rest the rest of the preseason. Um, we we had a couple rules like free agency was never even a factor in franchise mode really in a league anyway because the, 
the, the best players available were always like 71s or 72s. Okay. You know, you're never going to be like, oh, this guy's out there. He's an 84. And now, you know, you, the salary cap comes into play. And there will be a time in the offseason where there's going to be the bidding process for free agents, and we're going to be going against each other. So while you lost the draft, the fantasy draft part of it, you've gained that strategic part of it. So yes. you know, obviously we'll have to get through the first season to see what that's all about. But that's kind of cool. We also would allow, in our old league, one trade every two seasons. And we had like specific rules about you can't be the guy you're trading for can't be more than three years younger than the guy you're, you're trading and his overall value can't be higher than the guy you're trading. So right. basically you couldn't take a 38-year-old Peyton Manning who was still a 97 and trade him for a 23-year-old quarterback who's a, who's a, who's a 94. Right. Whatever. Um, but now the trading engine is really smart, basically. They made it very realistic. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to give you a first-round pick and no Sean Marino for Chris Johnson. And they'll go, <laughs> okay, here you go. <laughs> You know, so we basically we're only allowing what, for the first year one trade for every team, mm-hmm. um, but we're saying whatever trade you can make, go get it because the computer's that much more smarter about what's a, what's a good trade and what's not. Right. Something else too, and you haven't gotten there, I'm sure. I don't know what what week you're on in the uh, in your season right now. We're uh, only two weeks in so far. Okay. Something that you're going to have a lot of fun with is the draft, the NFL draft, because it's live. And yeah. it you can trade up and you can trade down with each other or with the uh, you know with the computer represented teams. You've got that minute and a half plus as you're going through the season now, you can do scouting for the players, the college players that are going to be in that draft. And I have a feeling, especially when you're doing a live draft with five of your buddies, that is going to be something that you're going to really enjoy and frankly be pressure packed because it's real time. Yeah, they. Uh... One of the Madden Guide guys sent me an email. We were going back and forth about the franchise vote, and he said, trust me, you'll, at the very least, you'll really enjoy the draft. It's a much better presentation this year. I mean, we did the, we did the draft every year last year, and everybody was on the headsets and whatnot, but you never made a trade. And the clock was always set to 60 seconds, and it was, the only excitement really was, oh, I've got my guy. I hope no one takes him. Oh, man, you took my guy. Right. You know, but now there's going to be storylines about yes. players you've scouted, I yep. think there's, I think, I'm not sure the number is 10 um, yep. distinct storylines, but you and I could be scouting the same guy, right? And but it doesn't guarantee that he would have the same success in my, on my team that he would have on yours. Because of the schemes, and, and right. those yep. influence the, uh, the overall ratings of the different players. Yeah, in fact, that's big picture that's a challenge that I'm, I'm having with the Cowboys is because I'm accustomed to playing the Broncos 4-3 defense which is which is in the playbook that I'm using right now but they're a 3-4 attacking defense and so while I've got a few more games against the computer before I have to start playing somebody I'm, I'm switching over because my personnel is better suited to play what the Cowboys really play a 3-4 right that's exactly right so um before we wrap it up, um, I got to ask you how are your how are your Broncos doing in your uh, in your Madden thirteen? Because I, I you obviously don't have them for your league, but I imagine you're playing right. a bunch of games and might even have an offline version yeah. of offline franchise. I have an offline franchise mode going with them. 
Um, I believe I'm nine and zero so far. Very good. Playing on the all Madden level. Whoa, uh, all Madden. Yeah, a couple really? people have said a couple people have said to me that they think all Madden's a little easier this year. I don't necessarily know that that's true when when you're playing the computer, um, but I'm I'm not. I don't think I've had a whole lot of blowouts. You know, for the most part, they're they've been close games. Um, I'm not throwing as many interceptions as I, I have in the past. Even like in our in our online league, when I play against a computer, I, you know, even with Aaron Rodgers, I was throwing 30 interceptions a year. Sometimes against because of the other guys are good, but sometimes just because of the jumping linebackers and, and whatever. Um, so it's it's a joy to have Peyton Manning as my quarterback to be able to put throws you know, where I want them. And that's, again, the beauty of the new total control passing is that when you have an accurate quarterback and you want to lead a guy, you know, the pass is going to go where you want it to go. Um, and I'm, you know, I've got the Von Miller attack going on, on defense, and Prater is a joy to have. I mean, literally you get to the 40-yard line and you're in field goal range. Mm. But, so that's fun. So, um, so far, so good with them. You know, and it's, I'm starting to get the Phil Sims and Jim Nance are talking about it every time I take the field now. He's like, well, one of these teams down there is undefeated. You know, they're going for them. <laughs> so they're acknowledging the perfect season so far. Yeah, we haven't talked about the commentary. How, what's, your, what's your overall uh, feeling on the Nance-Sims combo? Um, it's not my favorite broadcast team to begin with. So I'm not in the camp of, oh, boy, this is great. I mean, it does add a level of gravitas to the game, you know, after, you know, Gus Johnson and, and was it Collinsworth last yes. year? We were, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, or Tom Hammond or, or whatever. But yeah, that, yeah, that was a couple, two or three years ago. I, I have found, you know, a lot of repeat stuff from Phil Simms. Um, not a whole lot of talk about specific players during games. You might get a pregame. Oh, here comes Peyton Manning. He's great. But, um, you know, that's one thing where I think MLB, the show, still has a bit of an edge is that, uh, well, if you play any of these games long enough, you're going to hear the same thing over and oh, over Oh, of course, again. yeah. But MLB tends to give you more in-game reaction to something that happened with specific comments about, you know, that's what makes Jose Reyes so dangerous or whatever it is, where this is Phil Sims gives you a lot of well, at the quarterback position, or when you're on defense, and right. not a whole lot of that's why Champ Bailey's one of the best cover corners in the league, or anything like that. So, yeah. uh, I do know that they basically went in and ad libbed a lot of their material. You know, I don't know. I'd be curious. I, I wonder if they just like played a game, on you know, not necessarily a video game, but like tape of an actual game, and said, "Guys, just watch this game and do it like you're calling it, and we'll roll on it, and we'll make it work." Actually, what they did because I actually interviewed um, the the audio director for the game, um, and they made a decision to completely gut the commentary uh, this year. Obviously, with Nance and Sims, the problem wasn't so much Collinsworth and Gus Johnson as commentators. It was the technical stitching of the two together. They didn't really record at the same time, and they had yep. you know they had multiple sessions where they weren't in the same place. And when you listen to it, it just you could tell, right? It was just poorly yep. implemented from a technical standpoint. So what they did was they have all these different scenarios and situations 
that they'll present to the guys and then they'll just act as if they're watching it on the field and they would also have headphones on where they hear the crowd so they'd have to speak up a little bit as if they were in the stadium uh, but they didn't really write so much a script as they wrote scenarios then had the guys react to it so this was the first year of the two and they built it from scratch and so yes you're exactly right there's a lot more generic boy the quarterback really made a nice play there or you know the defensive end got around the corner and made that sack as opposed to Von Miller uh, you know, made that sack or, you know, Peyton Manning through the thread of the needle. So from a, I think from a um, context of having it sound better, I think it's significantly better. But the you actual know. commentary itself is okay, um, understandable for a first year, but definitely could use some additional work moving forward. Do you know, did they go in the stadiums and record fan noises. They did. It, they it, did. It definitely is more seems more noticeable this year that you'll just like I said the same after you a touchdown, you can just hear like a couple people randomly screaming at their top of their lungs and it sounds much more like an in stadium experience. Not only did they do that, but they also have the actual voices of ten of the NFL quarterbacks. So if you're playing yeah. as Peyton That's Manning awesome. or Mike Vick or Tom Brady um, Tim Tebow, a bunch of other guys, you know, those are actually their real voices, Aaron Rodgers and so on, which again, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do is, is to listen to the game sometimes on headphones, because when you hear the crowd noise and the players, and another thing they did with the sound was they went to NFL films and got a lot of on field, uh, noises. So th th there's yeah. a really good, the sound is great this year. Again, with the commentary, it could be better, but the overall sound is just really, really good. Very well yeah, done. Yeah, the tackling, the grunts and groans on the tackling. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't get Peyton Manning doing orange barrel, orange barrel, reroute, reroute, but it's still uh, it's still pretty cool. Just walk, you know, even like in practice mode, you hear it great because they're indoors, there's no crowd. Yes. You just get him going, apple, apple, over, over, and it's echoing, and it, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of those little things in the game that um, just just a lot of those little things in the game that just make it that much better. I think um, Tebow was one of the guys that they recorded. He is, but not, yes. But not, but not Sanchez, which I find interesting. Yeah. Well, as a guy who has played almost two years with Tebow as a player yeah. and still hasn't started a game, I can tell you it's it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> It'd be funny if uh, they had him on the sidelines singing, "My God is an awesome God." <laughs> <laughs> have you played any of the single player mode, like much of that at all, or have you pretty much gone all the just coaching and franchise the whole way? Yeah, you know, I'm waiting because uh, in Legend mode, one of the guys you can play is John Elway. That's right. Um, but when you go to unlock it, it's, it's at the time of this recording, it's still locked. And it says in early September, so long as you have an internet connection, it will be unlocked. So we're in early September. I have an internet connection. <laughs> I, I check every day that that will be a real test for me. Like that could totally sidetrack me from every other thing I was going to do with <laughs> Madden this year. Like, and, and, and then will be the show. I got totally into road to the show this year. And in part, because the Mets, stink and playing them in like season mode just wasn't any fun and i'm exactly. up to like i'm up to age 31 now in road to the show which is the oldest i've ever allowed myself i think to get in a road to the show you hitter or a pitcher uh i'm a left fielder okay 
worked my way. The Mets traded me to the Cardinals. We won two out of three World Series with the nice. Cardinals. And while it's fun to play like in Wrigley and in Houston, in the end, left field in St. Louis isn't that exciting. So free agency came, and I basically forced my way into Boston. Oh, nice. Just because it's fun to be a left fielder. Green monster, yeah. Yeah. So I could see myself, once I can get a hold of the, the Elway, and just, except for when I'm playing online league games, being John Elway all the time. So to summarize your feeling about Madden NFL 13, if you're you got a 10-point scale, um, now that you've had it for almost a month, I would say, at least yeah. probably about three weeks, and you've really yep. played it a lot, what's your, uh, what's your score for Madden NFL 13? Man, it's, I feel like this is grading a paper where the kid forgot to put his name on the top of the page. <laughs> you know, I just, in general, I want to give did like a 9.5, but I think the deduction for abandoning the franchise mode is that's almost that's like a two-point deduction almost. There you go. Hey, this so, is your score, right? You can score it however right. you want so to. I think I, I mean, I hate to, the cop-out is to break it up into categories and to say, well, visually and gameplay and sound, but I guess I, I would give it an 8 overall. Okay. That's still a great score. Because I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking two points off for what they did to franchise mode. And, you know, that's, again, based on the overwhelming reaction is, has been negative. Um, and, again, like, any, like everything else, people react to the fact that it's not there before they even did anything in, in, career, in career mode. You know, you might play career mode for three months and then go, you know what, it's not so bad. It, it, it's... I wonder if it's almost like I think I said this on Twitter the other day. I wonder if like career mode will become the new the new Coke of this generation. <laughs> oh, hey, this is going to be great. You guys are going to love it. What? You hate it? Oh, I'm sorry. Next year, franchise mode will be back. But I know that the game developers really wanted to try and make it the first real RPG sports game out there, and they're committed to it. It sounds like anyway, and maybe they'll continue to go forward with it and we'll never see franchise mode again but it was it was incredibly popular and it made the online experience so great that you know you have to say that that it's a big negative you know i have a feeling that they will um continue to augment connected careers and make it more interesting. We didn't even really get to a whole lot of the backstory. We talked a little bit about, it, but you know, the, the backstories and the personalities, there's a lot more of a, you know, you're immersed in the media now, you know, you're following the, the virtual Twitters of all these different media folks who are reacting to what you're doing and things like that. And individual players you draft will have very specific, interesting things happen to them during the year. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to, I mean, I know uh, because I've, I've met with them and I've actually gone down there and interviewed them and all sorts of stuff that a lot of what they put in was a direct result of a lot of the community events that they've had. So I guarantee you that they yeah. are continuing to listen to the community and that they're going to augment it and that connected careers, kind of like everything in the game, is a multi-year plan. Um, right. And I have a feeling that next year they will probably have a clearer line to the people who want to play 
the traditional franchise mode still having it be part of the overall connected careers. I think well, it I reminds have... me a little bit of about five years ago, right around the time SNY, the television network that is the home of the New York Mets, was starting yep. up. And um, before, right before then, the Mets were the Mets were still on uh, MSG, I think, showed the Mets games. And I got that on my cable system. But um, the Yes Network started up. I'm sorry, no, no, that's my Yes Network. The Yankees Network started up. And they took MSG off the cable system and added Yes Network. And I called them up and I said, why did you do that? And they said, well, we just, you know, this is a news channel. We think people are going to like it. I said, did you ask anybody first, <laughs> are you okay with us? You know, do, do you want the Yes Network? Well, I'm sure most people said yes. But you didn't say, do you want it at the expense of MSG? Yeah, because now you can't watch you the Rangers ask. or the so, Knicks I mean, anymore. I'm sure if you went up to people and said, how would you like a gameplay experience where it's like Twitter's involved and when stuff happens to your team, guys tweet about it, and you can have a career, and there's going to be storylines and blah, 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 blah. People are like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. But we're going to do that at the expense of franchise mode and free agent and, and, and fantasy drafting. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> You're going to do what? <laughs> What was that other thing again? It doesn't sound so good anymore. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. It's like a lot of these guys can't win for trying, right? Because if they yeah. just kind of release an updated version of the game with a lot of the same modes, they'll be called lazy and resting on their laurels. And then when they go and they really, I mean, the, the amount of changes in Madden 13 to the last couple of years, you know, between the physics engine and the improved yeah. offense and the read and react defense and the connected careers and the, you know, the Twitter feeds and all that stuff. It's just massive. And they did all of it in about 10 months, you know, which is yeah. another thing, you know. And now, of course, you know, while a lot of people, myself including, love a lot of what they've done, of course, a lot of other people are just vociferously complaining about it. So it's almost, you know, at a certain point, they need to listen to their community, but then they just got to make a decision, roll the dice, and go with it and, and kind of let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and you know, I, will, I will give them points for a lot of the online stuff, like your career mode. You can go on MaddenCareer.com, and you can you can make you can look at your roster, and you can check free agents. And yep. um, there's things that you can do with your team on on the computer. You don't have to go onto the game to do. Um, they've got the game face thing, which I can't get to work on my computer, but I've had friends tell me that they have been able to do it where. They more or less make your face, and you can put that on on a quarterback or a coach or whoever. You oh want. yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun with that. My guys, my eyes come out bizarrely, but everything else looks okay. But I can't uh, get my computer to do it, so I must not have the right whatever. So I know that like I'm just on the left side of your computer screen, you're supposed to see your face as you're making it. I can right. get to the point where I'm lining up the little dots on my face to make the face, but mm -hmm. I can't ever see it. So it's I, very picky. I'll, I will say that it's very picky. Yeah. But, um, but to your point, they're, they're, every year they try. I mean, it's really easy just to say, you know what, we've got a great brand. We've got a great game. Right. Why do we have to go crazy with it? People are going to buy it. And oh, by the way, they had record sales for the release of this game. Yep, almost a million copies in the first day. Right all the backlash. So, you, you know, the fact that they don't rest on their laurels, the fact that they say we, it's our obligation to try to find ways to make it better year in and year out, you have to applaud them for that. Yep, and by the way, they don't automatically make the uh, last year's game stop working the day the new one comes out. You know, <laughs> you no, people... there, there was there was a part of me that said, you know what, we can just continue our franchise mode on twelve if we want to. Right, you know, we're, we've all got you know players that we drafted and yep. now you know four or five years that we're kind of invested in, 
you know, every once in a while, some guy will make a great play, and the guy on the other end of the headset's like, "Who's that dude?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I drafted him two years ago. He's been great." <laughs> so there's there's nothing that was stopping us from continuing to do that. I mean, when you, when you get seven or eight seasons into uh, an online league, half your roster is made up people anyway. Yes. You yes, know, my, my, you know, Aaron Rodgers' time was coming to an end sooner or later. Right. So, other than the fact that if you really want to play the game with the new gameplay stuff. There's nothing stopping us from from continuing what was a good thing. Exactly. So Gus Ramsey gives Madden NFL 13 an eight out of ten. Uh, I for Games Radar gave it four and a half out of five stars. I I continue to love it, and really the kind of thing that I I ask myself is, um, or the thing that I kind of the reason I gave it four out of five stars despite all the different issues is that basically every day when I get home I want to play. And I want to play, and I want to play, and I want to play. And that, you know, overall, the fact that I just, the game keeps keeps getting me excited to play and to play in my online league and to play against my friends and just to play against the computer, it's just so much fun on the field. That's 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 the ultimate bottom line for me with Madden NFL 13. Well, so, before I let you go, and you know, you've been gracious to be on with me for a little while, you are, as we've already talked about, a huge Denver Broncos fan. This yep. is the opening weekend of the NFL. The show isn't going to go up until after the first weekend uh, or so okay. of the NFL season. But you've had a chance to watch the Broncos in the preseason. You're ready to roll. Give me your 2012-13 Denver Broncos overview okay. and prediction. Okay. Well, I will say that uh, I think Saturday was going to be the day I was going to sit down and, and write up for my blog a, uh, a the, the game-by-game one paragraph, how I think the season's going to go kind of thing. I haven't gotten fully into uh, into digesting it all. I, I will say that, as most people know, their schedule is ridiculously hard. You know, they, they have, besides the fact that they play in the AFC West, which isn't necessarily dreadful, it'll, it's going to be competitive. Um, but they have to play the AFC North, plus the Patriots, plus the NFC South, which means the Saints and the Falcons and, and the Panthers, who are who are now good, um, so it's it's definitely a, a tough schedule. Um, I, nine and seven kind of seems to be the number. Uh, if they got to ten, I, I would be happy. I think I'm not too terribly worried about Peyton's health. He took a couple shots in the preseason and seemed to be fine. And I think the longer he he's he progresses here during the season as the season progresses. I think he'll continue to improve, and and the guys around him will grow to grow with him, and they'll they'll learn where to be and, and when to be there. But that could take a little while. Um, you know, preseason is nice and all, but game speed is game speed. Um, you know, the first game out of the gate with the Steelers, while the Steelers are banged up, when you're learning a new offense, which they still are. You know, the Steelers' defense isn't the one you want to be kind of adjusting on the fly to. Um, you know, I could see that being kind of a slobber knocker, defensive 17-10 to 10 Pittsburgh kind of a game. Um, offensively, I could see them getting out of, out of the gates a little slow. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of leaned on the running game in the beginning because um, that's what they're good at. Um, so I, I would be happy allowed me to sign up for 10 and six right now, I would do it. Cause I think that would probably win the, win the West. Sure. Um, 
you know, eight and eight, I think. We'll well, eight and eight be, won it last year, right? Won it last year. I don't think it'll win it this year. I think mm, that would yeah. that would be a disappointment. A big picture is, uh, I think it's realistic to say they can do exactly what they did last year. I think they can get in the playoffs, win a playoff game, and then lose in the second round. Hopefully, not forty-five to ten. That was um, a tough one. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the you know t- Tim Tebow's excitement was like a shocking, wow, is this really happening? The excitement for the Broncos fans this year is going to be leading up to the game and going, Peyton Manning's our quarterback. You know, this is this today could be special. Today we could go out and we can do great things. Whereas right. last year, I mean, don't forget, every single Tim Tebow magical moment came after three quarters of awful football. Right. You right. know, the Vikings game, he barely got a first down in the first half. And then all of a sudden – late third quarter and all fourth quarter and the overtime magical things started to happen. The Bears game, the, the Dolphins game, you know, almost all of that was, at least part of that was watching dreadful football. And then all of a sudden you pulled it out and it was just like a, a big slap in the face, whereas Peyton Manning's going to be like, all right, we're getting on the ride from the first quarter and this is going to be a fun three hours altogether, which you didn't get that with Tebow. The end result was great. The playoff game was great. No one's ever going to take that away. But the expectation going into the games, I think, will be completely different and will be kind of a different experience. The great Gus Ramsey from ESPN. Uh, Follow him on Twitter at Gus Ramsey. Go to his blog, his terrific blog, uh, GusRamsey.blogspot.com. Gus, once again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, And enjoy the NFL season and enjoy Madden NFL 13. Thanks for having me, Richard. It was great. Since this was originally recorded, two things have happened. First off, the Madden team added back in the ability to do fantasy drafts for online and offline franchises, or CCM as they're called. So that's a big problem that's been solved. And secondly, just a day after this was recorded, John Elway was unlocked to use as a fantasy player. I pinged Gus to let him know, and his reply was beautiful. Tell my wife I love her. So there you have it. A big thanks to Gus for spending time with us again. Uh, not an easy thing to do for somebody who's working in ESPN and taking care of a family, among many other things. And thanks for listening to this episode of Box Score, brought to you by Games Radar. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes and give it a rating, too, while you're there. I'm your host, Richard Grisham. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Rich Grisham. Tweet me any thoughts, questions, or comments about this or future shows. And also follow Games Radar at their handle, Games Radar. So until next time, this is Richard Grisham for Box Score.